Greetings in Jesus' name. This is the Living Hope Christian Fellowship, an edition for January 17, 2021. And we are very glad that you have opened this podcast for broadcast today. And I trust God will bless you. As our meditation is entitled, New Responsibility. This is talking about Christians who have already been born again. That's why they're Christians. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we are cleansed from our sin. And it says in John 1.12, But as many as receive him, to them gave he the right or authority to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Praise the Lord. We are now children of God, and we are Christians. Today's meditation is centered on John chapter 6, 1 to 14. However, I have consulted the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In this, uh, we will see the new responsibility of a believer, of a Christian. Praise the Lord, becoming a child of God. We are on our way to heaven. But between now and our joining Christ in heaven is our journey that we have with Jesus Christ. And this is like our time of growing and our time of serving our great Lord. So we talk about our new responsibility as we have children. We train them to be responsible at home. And the kingdom of God, we are subjects to our great king, and we are soldiers, according to Ephesians chapter 6, and we get orders from our great commander, and we great we get our orders from Jesus Christ. And so we now have a new responsibility as Christians. So as we said, our text is John chapter 6, 1 to 14. However, as I mentioned earlier, I'm picking up scripture from the four Gospels to give us a composite picture of the record that we have in the scripture about this. This is focusing on the feeding of the 5,000. So I'll start with John chapter 6, verse 1. Then I'll tell you the reference of any uh, passage that we'll be going to so you know what book in the Bible or one of the Gospels I'm picking up. So John 6, 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. If you read in the Bible, Sea of Tiberias, just, just the same as the Sea of Galilee. And he said to them, talking to the disciples, Come ye yourselves apart unto a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Jesus was really busy with his apostles. And they departed into a desert place by sheep privately. Then Luke 9.10, And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. Now, what's the explanation of this? This happened after the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus had chosen his 12, and he sent 12 out. Don't confuse this with another episode where Jesus out, sent out 70. These are the first 12 that Jesus had sent 
to go out and preach the gospel. What was their gospel? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Didn't mean confess your sins. Many times we confuse that with a word. Repent is to come back, return, return to God. And these apostles, the twelve, were ordered not to go to the area of the Samaritans, neither to the Gentiles. They were sent only to the Jews. Why? Because the Jews became so religious, they were only controlled by the Pharisees, Sadducees, the priests in Jerusalem. They didn't have Sunday school. They had their synagogues where they studied the scriptures. But they had only one place of real worship, and that was in Jerusalem. And so when they, they went to the synagogues, they heard the reading, and somebody would make comment or interpret what was given in the scriptures. And so after Jesus had continued Luke 9 verse 10, the second part, and he took them and went to say privately in a desert place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. Bethsaida was one of those towns close by the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Jesus brought, said he thought privately. However, in John chapter 6 verse 2, verse 2, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, we had did on, which he did on them that were deceased. And then verse 3 of John 6, And Jesus went up unto a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Now this tells you where the crowd came from. Did not come only from the area of Galilee. It came from even outside Palestine. They were coming, going towards Jerusalem to celebrate the feast, the Passover. And this is a yearly event that the men primarily are encouraged to attend. However, the men would bring their wives or their family and say they would go towards Jerusalem. So on the way, here's Bethsaida, on the way from areas north of uh, Galilee, they would be passing by Bethsaida, and they heard about Jesus from the local people, and they went. And so on Mark 6, verse 34, And Jesus, when he came out and saw much people, he was moved with compassion towards them, because they were a sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Jesus had a mission. He is the Messiah. He came to bring people back to God. So aside from the disciples, the apostles, going out declaring that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So whenever there's a kingdom, there's the king. And in this instance, Jesus is the king. And uh, he had been proclaiming that he was the Messiah which the Jews really hated, especially the scribes and Pharisees. And now coming to Luke chapter 9, verse 11. And he received them, talking about Jesus receiving the crowd, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. Now this is a repetition when we talk about the kingdom. If you study uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, you will repeatedly hear the kingdom of heaven, 
the kingdom of heaven. And then the king is saying, Ye have heard, like example, Ye have heard, thou shalt not kill. But then he said, But I send to you, he's the king. He that hateth his brother is a murderer. It only starts with hate. Now talking about adultery. Ye have, ye have been, it has been said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Then he says, But I say unto you, He that looks at a woman with lust in his eyes has already committed adultery. So it's very, very clear that Jesus is the king that he had taught them regarding the kingdom. And then now in Luke chapter 9, verse 12, And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go in the town and country round about, and lodge, and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Wow! What a situation! Five thousand men, and plus wives and children, sold more than five thousand. And Jesus said, now let's feed them. Feed them? You kidding? Let them send, go to their different towns around. Let them find their place. Let them uh, buy their own food and so on. And so in Matthew 14:16, Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And this he said to prove them that himself what he would do. Now Philip looked at it at a problem. But he had another problem. Philip said in John 6, 7, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. A penny worth, <coughs> a penny is of the salary for a day. And there are only 12. So that means equivalent maybe for can feed maybe 36, but barely enough. But talking about 5,000 men and then plus the wives and the families will not be sufficient. Now this is the challenge. What would you do when you're faced with a problem? We look at resources, we look at the problem, and we cannot handle it. But there's one thing they forgot to realize. The king was with them. Jesus personally was with them. If God, if Jesus, Son of God, the Messiah, then he could handle that. Why? God even, when he rescued Israel from Egypt and to the 40 years of journeying in the wilderness, they were fed, you know what? Well, you say, yeah, I know. It's manna. Every day, for six days, they could harvest the manna. And of six days, a double portion for the seventh day was Sabbath. They were not supposed to harvest or gather anything. But then that for 40 years, they had that. Now, yeah, that is manna. But was that, 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 that's the Hebrew word for what they were getting, harvesting every morning. Now, some of you may already know exactly what is the real meaning of the word manna. It means what is this? Or what do we call this? Or sharply speaking, the Hebrew means 
what is what. So in the dialect in Cebuano, you say, what is this ambot? Or in Tagalog, ewanko. That's exactly, they were eating ewanko or ambot. But God provided it and they were strong for 40 years out in the wilderness. And not only that, God provided water. And day by day, <clears throat> during the day, they had a cloud over them, protecting them from the heat of the sun, the sun rays. And at night, there was a pillar of cloud over their place of worship, symbolizing God is with them, and no nation dared to attack them. This is unusual. Daytime, they had the cloud covering them, and at nighttime, there was the pillar of cloud over the tabernacle. What a wonderful provision of God. Now, Philip says, what is hundred penny worth and we cannot provide for them? It's not sufficient for them. And then Andrew comes in in John 6, 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here with a fire, five barley loaves and two small fishes. But again, what are they among so many? He did not think that five loaves and two fishes would feed the 5,000. Who would? And to think of this, maybe we were in his shoes, we would do the same. But Jesus made this challenge to them. Again, go back to John 6, 6, that he would prove them. He knew some example what he would do, but who tests the disciples if they knew what to do? And so, what five loaves and two fishes, what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they all sat down the ranks by hundreds and by fifties. <clears throat> No, this put the apostles in amazement. What would Jesus do next? And so in Mark 6.41, And when he had given, taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed. He prayed for the food. In the presence of 5,000 men, plus their wives and children, there, oh, Jesus will feed us. But there was no big cart that was bringing the food. How would he feed us? And somebody said, oh, they're talking about there's a lead lad here with five loaves and two fishes. Oh, I think that lad was a boy scout. He was prepared. Uh -huh. No, it was the mother who prepared the food. Here, my son, when you go out there with the crowd, <coughs> go with your uncle, or go with your cousins, uh, bring this bag along with you. Just five loaves and two fishes. And, uh, you know, maybe you can share with your cousin or your, who is there with you. And, uh, you know, that's what you'll eat. But here, Andrew said, he's a lad with five loaves and two fishes. And the lad could have said, hey, wait a minute. This is mine. Mom made this for me. I'm keeping for myself. 
What will you do with my five loaves and two fishes? Feed it to the birds? No, I'm sorry. He didn't say that. So now Jesus is holding it. And it is presumed that he's by the coastline. And since Peter, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen, and uh, there may be their own baskets for fish, and the other fishermen in that area, they went to run and borrow baskets. And Jesus holding up the fish and the bread breaks them. And he keeps on breaking. There's no stop. Filling one basket, two baskets, three baskets, four baskets, five baskets, and twelve baskets. And then pause for a while. Because as his basket was filled, one disciple would carry the basket. I believe they went to the farthest end. Because it would begin, they're very strong yet. And so, as they would be making many trips maybe four or five trips or maybe more, then it will be no closer because where the source was. But you can see here, the disciples were strong, carrying the basket full of bread and fish, or probably two to a basket, carrying up the hill, bringing to the group that was in groups of 50 and some in 100. I was figuring if we talk about 50, they were just old men. But we talk about 100, it could be 50 men with their wives or men with their children. So the group, there were two different kinds of groups, by 50s or by 100. They were sitting on the grass. They're out on the mountainside. And uh, they were now seeing... Jesus breaking the bread and the fish and putting in the basket. And says that he break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided it among them all. Now in Mark 6.42. And they did all it when were filled. They did not only taste of it, but they ate it. They were filled. Wow. These people were hungry. They were there the whole day out in the sunshine. Listening to Jesus, so thrilled. And now, what a miracle is, how does this bread taste? How does this fish taste? And as you and many know, that the main kind of fish that they cast in the Sea of Galilee is tilapia. Even until now, it's still tilapia. And now you know, your Filipinos know exactly what is tilapia. And it's a, it reproduces very fast. And it multiplies. It says in, Mark, in John 6, 12, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing will be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves. And he took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. Wonderful. What a miracle. Not only were they organized and they sat down, there was no commotion, no grabbing. They, they saw being in the presence the five loaves and two feces 
divided, put into the baskets, and the baskets were delivered to them. They did not have to make a line going forward to Jesus to get their share. They were fed. And the food was delivered to them by the apostles in baskets. These fishermen were strong and brought the food to them. And they all ate. And then after they were all filled, the baskets came back and collecting the extra untouched bread. Probably when they put the they brought the bed there, the women spread sheets of cloth on the grass, and that was where the food were uh, put on, so the people could help themselves. But after they all ate, the baskets came back, and the disciples came back with their baskets, and they were able to gather 12 baskets full. Jesus said, they should not be wasted. In the kingdom of God, we do not zero on the problem. Jesus cared for the people. He had compassion. And so our responsibility in the kingdom of God is we care for people. Oh, every person who has not heard Jesus Christ or learned of Jesus Christ have not become a Christian. They're on their way to hell. Do we care? Oh, brethren, let us care for them. But we will say, there are so many. There are still billions of people in the world who still don't know Jesus Christ. We are not, we cannot reach all of them individually, but we can reach some that the Lord will bring to our reach and we care for them, our family. We have the promise given by <clears throat> Paul to the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your household. Hallelujah. So it starts with the family, then with our neighbors and friends. And then as the Lord leads us to other people, we can share the gospel. It is repent, come back to God. We may not be able to bring them to our church, to our local church, but we can bring them to God. That is the work of the missionaries. They bring the gospel out, not to bring them to the United States, the converts, but to bring them to Jesus Christ. And when brought to Jesus Christ, let them gather into their own groups. And a leader is sent there who has been taught to teach them God's word. Or the Lord will give one who is gifted, who can study the scripture and share with them. And together they will grow. And they are fed. Wonderful. So let us not be also be worried about our resources. We don't have much money. I have only very little. Don't worry. Give what you have. This lad with five loaves and two fishes, God used to feed over 5,000 people in that wilderness. God can supply. God can multiply. God to our amazement. If only you will share the gospel. What a wonderful thing. Maybe you just want one person to Christ. But a person that you want to Christ is just an evangelist. I know of three or four from the Paramount Church that the Lord used that we could disciple them. And now, until now, more than 20 years after, they are still busy witnessing, bringing people to Christ. Hallelujah. One just shared with me last night that he had gone to a church and they had 
training how to be used by God in healing. And they are excited because many people have been won to Christ because they experienced the healing that God had given to these servants that they can be an instrument of healing. Praise the Lord. And lastly, we want to be careful that we don't waste anything. In the churches, we don't spend. We don't just go for uh, extravagance. We use the money to expand the gospel of God, to share the gospel, buy Bible, and give them out. That's why we have missionary giving. The money that we set aside for missions, we can expand and share to churches that are still growing they need. There is one church, the Living Hope in Davao, the Norte, that uh, there's just a young pastor there with a family, and they're still building the church. The people coming and worshiping. But this pastor was worried because they could not, the children could not go to school because of the pandemic. They had to only study by, by the internet. They did not have a computer. And so this church in LA provided them the money to buy the laptop. And uh, thank God that one of our, that we know in uh, Mindanao, we sent the money over to that person and that person bought the laptop and gave to the pastor. And the pastor was so happy that now the children can do their schoolwork with that laptop. And Sundays, it's used in the church. And the pastor uses it for the preparation of his sermon. One little help, but can support the ministry, the work of the gospel. Are we responsible for our time? Are we responsible for our talents given to us? Are we responsible for the resources government God has given to us? Are we respons- responsible by our provisions that God has given to us? Let it be that one day when we face Jesus, He will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. We may not be facing 5,000, but there are the millions of people who still do not know. But great, one great thing you can do is, you can pray. Television, we have more. We have many evangelists who are busy preaching in power of the Holy Spirit. And we can pray that many more listeners will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, not only in the United States, but around the world. And praise the Lord that many evangelists have their sermons translated into the different dialects around the world. And they're being broadcast. Oh, hallelujah. As the Lord lays upon your heart the time and pray that the gospel and preach will be effective in transforming and saving lives that are, that are there in the Lord. Especially here in the United States. With all the plenty, with all the entertainment, people don't want to listen to the gospel. But the Holy Spirit can convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. May God bless you, for one day you'll make an accounting of how you've been serving the Lord. Amen.